0: Welcome back to the Carb Appropriate Podcast. This week it was my pleasure to talk with Tony the X-Man Freeman. Tony was a pro bodybuilder known for his classic aesthetic physique. He was the winner of many pro bodybuilding shows and placed in the top five of the Mr. Olympia competition, the pinnacle of bodybuilding. Tony's now retired from bodybuilding and is an entrepreneur, one of his company's Naughty Nutrition creates great tasting high protein low carb chocolate and you can find out more about that at n-o-t-i for naughty naughty nutrition usa.com and you can follow and connect with tony on facebook at facebook.com forward slash tfx man now i really love chatting with tony on this podcast because he was very open about his bodybuilding journey but more importantly his life after bodybuilding And the importance of having a really strong why and a a spiritual and psycho-emotional basis to life. Um, So it's not just about the physical, there is so much more to life. And so I really enjoyed talking with Tony. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this cast. Welcome to the Carb Appropriate Podcast. I'm your host, Cliff Harvey.
1: This song don't give a damn Uh, If the rhymes don't fit the DJ quit This song don't give a damn You can't sing or dance to it, can't romance Uh, to it This song ain't arrogant, uh, if you don't try it, buy it Or if your radio denies uh, it Don't care about what who got, what's cool on TV Or what spot's hot, I forgot I ain't mad at evolution But I stand for revolution Get up, up. enough is enough Somebody stand up Get up, stand up. Get up,
0: stand up. Get up, stand up. Get up. up. All right, so welcome back to the Cover Appropriate Podcast. I am here with my buddy Tony Freeman, bodybuilding legend. top five placer in the Olympia, winner of many shows as an IFBB pro bodybuilder. Uh, I first met Tony on a keto speaking tour in Australia a couple of years ago. Um, And we mainly talked about keto, obviously. Um, But I didn't really get to talk to you much about how you got into the sport of bodybuilding. And I've talked to a bunch of top athletes recently about their journey into sport and it's always quite different. So how did you get involved with bodybuilding and uh, physical culture?
1: Well, of course I was inspired by Arnold Schwarzenegger. At 13, I saw um, Pumping Iron. So I asked my dad to buy me a a weight set. So I got my first weight set at 13. And uh, so I didn't, you know, you, you lift it, you tear the weights up and you forget about it. So I didn't think about lifting again until ninth grade. Uh, for football, so I lifted, you know, I hated weights, so I didn't yeah. touch weights again till I was, and that was at like 15, so then at 21, uh I met a girl, uh, she was my fiance, actually, and uh she had a, she met, she knew a bodybuilder, an actual competitive bodybuilder, like a, you know, a non Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilder, and uh anyway, so I saw some pictures of him, and it kind of, it blew my mind that some, that a normal person, a non-famous person could look like that, so that intrigued me the next day I joined the gym and it kind of like launched after that. So, and I'm kind of like, a, got to know everything when I'm doing something, I got to know all the details. So I bought all the books and started reading and studying. And then I met a bunch of guys who are actually, you know, pretty, uh, advanced bodybuilders and I just learned that way and, uh, learned that high intensity route. So yeah. the book high intensity train was out back then. So that's where, I, that's where my foundation was laid.
0: And how long did that sort of process take? From from getting into it properly, and then say getting on stage at your first pro show. How long did that take?
1: So I started lifting in '88 at 21. I did my first show in '89. So there was a two two shows in one show basically. Um, there was a local show to Mister Savannah. Uh, I got second place in my class, and then there was a regional show that I got fourth place in. And then I kind of that was the bug kind of bit me then. And I just started doing all the local shows that I can find. And then in 93, I did my first national show, the junior nationals, won the heavyweights and then went to the actual NPC nationals and placed top six my first time. So at that point, I realized that I had what it took to turn pro. And and that's where my career kind of began.
0: So it's a pretty quick, quick rise, really.
1: Well, it was a rise. But then I tore my pec in 95. You know, I got fourth place three years in a row, tore my pec in 95, didn't make the cut, kind of got frustrated with bodybuilding and the politics and all that, and I left the sport uh, to basically go lick my wounds for four years. (laughs) And uh, My actual workout partner, who was actually also my um, physical therapist, he uh, had a group of uh, orthopedic surgeons who were really specializing in in what I needed, and um, he introduced me to the doctor. The doctor fixed my pec. I remember waking up from anesthesia and uh, immediately wanted to pursue my bodybuilding career again so oh wow crazy. yeah
0: so where did you start out at sort of what what was your your weight when you started and then compared to how you ended up at your peak
1: so I graduated from high school at, at 155 then I started lifting at 21 I was 162 pounds that first day when I joined the gym you know how they measure you and weigh you and all that
0: you and were 155 at high school
1: yeah when I graduated Grade, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I gained like 12 pounds from, from you know, 12th grade to 21. Yeah. <laughs> which is about four years maybe. And uh, being six two, I was really, really skinny. So, um, my goal was to be 200 pounds. So that took almost two years. And um and then once I got, I started competing at the heavyweight class, which the cutoff for heavyweight is 198 and a quarter. So I would compete at 199, that made me a heavyweight. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, I pretty much won all the, you know, the regional and the local shows before, you know, and then I went to the junior nationals and that's what kind of launched me.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and did you think that you had the sort of like a genetic potential being a, a skinny kid coming out of high school, you know, getting into weightlifting?
1: Um, You know, back then I didn't, of course, you know, I had no aspirations of being a bodybuilder. I just didn't want to be skinny anymore. And I figured if I lifted weights and did whatever the guys told me in the gym, I, you know, I would end up getting to 200 pounds. So that's how my mindset was when I started. But then once I did that first show, I kind of, you know, got kind of curious about what is possible. And I remember, uh, you know, I had won all the local stuff and I did the Junior USA, which was uh, Junior Mr. America, basically what it was. And yeah. I got fourth place there. And I remember listening to the guys talk, you know, well, these guys were way more advanced than I was. And I remember listening to the guys talking. He said, you know, if you want to ever be a you know, good competitive bodybuilder, your legs got to be at least 28 inches, your quads. All right. So I go back home, get the tape measure out. And my quads were, my quads were 25 inches. And I was like, whoa, okay, I got to do something about that. And so that's kind of where I got went crazy on my legs is because I was trying to get them to, to tw- at least the 28 inches. Uh, I got them up to t- 32 and a half, you know, at, at my biggest or at my best or whatever. So it was yeah. pretty crazy. I started out with my arms were probably about 13 and a half. And I got those up to 23 with a pump.
0: Wow. So, yeah. And I mean, you were known for, for that classic physique, right? You know, you're the X-Man. You were known for having, having that thin waist and, you know, right well well, well, you body, well you
1: bodybuilding you mean bodybuilding
0: <laughs> yeah exactly like
1: what it's supposed to be basically yeah
0: yeah yeah, exactly exactly what's your impression of that i mean how, how do you feel that that has changed now and there's all these different classes they're bringing in it feels like there's always a new class to try and reach that classic ideal yeah i think what's... that's
1: the more the that's more of the business side you know they realize that You know, there's so many different types of physiques that they can Mm. make these different classes so they can give everybody room. Because, you know, most people and and even me, most people don't start bodybuilding thinking they're going to be Mr. Olympia. A lot of people do, you know, but I I would say that they're more delusional than the people that actually end up getting there kind of just from hard work and taking one step at a time. You know what I mean? Like like me, I didn't realize that I could have possibly be Mr. Olympia until I was in the Mr. Olympia, you know what I'm saying? And I realize now that I'm retired, that once you achieve that, and once you go through the process of, of qualifying for the Olympia, which is winning the show, um, then you're already Mr. Olympia. You're at least 98% Mr. Olympia. So the title is that last 2% that yeah. doesn't belong to you in this place. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what the the weeder, the IFBB, you know, they, they kind of knight you, Mr. Olympia, for a year or 10 years or however long you hold it but it's still not yours. So you already are Mr. Olympia. It's pretty, it's cool. I, it, I was able to accept it all at the end when I figured, you know, I did everything, you know, I was top five, you know, that was as as good as the judges saw me, but you know, a lot of other people's opinion was I was better. So, you know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, I'll take, I'll take 98% Mr. Olympia. That'll work.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it seems to shift so, so frequently with what, um, I guess that year, what they're looking for, right? Are they looking for right. the guys just to be bigger? Are they looking for them to be denser? Are they looking for them to have that classic physique? And I guess at the end of the day, you can't get inside the judges' heads, right?
1: Well, that's why I always used to talk about setting a standard. Uh, even if the standard is set every year to year. In other words, I don't really care. It doesn't have to be set in stone. But what I'm saying is set a standard and for, for 19, 2019, right? And then 2020, set another standard if you need to. You know, just mm. like the NFL or any basketball team, they change the rules to, to better the sport. So yeah. if you if you'd say you have to have a, you know, a 10 inch uh, shoulder to waist ratio in order to be able to to do this, then everybody would train for that and everybody would have it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So they could say it's easy to set a standard what you want. You can say this is the standard front double bicep. This is the standard fr- front last spread. Everybody got to do it like this. Everybody got to do it. at the, You know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to set those standards. It might take a year or two to, to work out the kinks and make it smooth. But eventually, it'll look, you know, it'll look formal. It'll look like it's supposed to look. And people will be able to come into the building, sit there, look at it, and be on the same page as the judges because everybody knows what to expect. And it's the yeah. athlete's job to reach that goal, you know?
0: Yeah. Do you think that will happen? Do you think there will be different metrics put around body proportions and dimensions?
1: Well, you know, I noticed that a lot of things that were needed to be done as far as making the judging fair and a lot of things that that they're implementing now. So yes, progress. I think I'm kind of a visionary and I kind of have that, that devil perspective, one, being a fan, but two, being a high level participant. So I can kind of like have a, you know, different perspective just from, like I say, because I'm on both sides. And um, so it's, you know, like, like last year Olympia, how they had the, you know, the the fans had something to say with who was the people's champ or whatever. That yeah. type of stuff is what's needed. I think now that they're, I think they're judging pretty fair, uh, especially when it counts, you know. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with what I see. So I hope it continues. If they need me for consulting, I'm here and available. But uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> Uh, I think everybody knows what needs to be done and they don't have to do it all at once either. So it's cool. Just do it step by step until it all works the way that for, to, to work out for everybody.
0: So when you started out, did, did you look to people, you know, that those, those people who are held up as having those great classic physiques like your Steve Reeves and your Frank Zanes and even Arnold, you know, did, did you look to those guys for inspiration or was it more that that was your body type?
1: Well, remember... You know, we, all we had back then was magazines. There was no internet. Yeah. We had magazines and books. I know, man. That's how
0: I started. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, if you were in the magazine, like back, I remember, I was just having this discussion earlier. Back then, you know, my first few flex magazines or muscle fitness magazines, I would have traded physique with any person in the magazine from front mm-hmm. to cover to cover. You know, that's not how it is anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, so um, the guys that they had in the magazine back then was who we had to look up. You know, the the guys, when I first came in, the, the popular guys were on their way out. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like me, I just went out and we got these new up-and-coming guys, but there was just so many people to choose from, to admire or want to emulate. Um, So, I, you just kind of pick one. Different eras, different times. I, I mean, I can just, you know, there's at least 15 or 20 that I can run down the list. And yeah. um, yes, I, you know, as far as posing, as far as you know, training and all that. I, I was all over it. I was up to here with it <laughs> more than obsessed. Yeah. So, and I could tell you, you know, I remember there was a, there's a good friend of mine, Jay Hammond. We could be talking on the phone and Jay Hammond could describe a picture of a pose to the T. I mean, without like, as if he was looking at the picture, it was amazing out of his head. That's how deep we were into the
0: game. So, wow. And so, I mean, with that level of, obs- of obsession, do you, do you miss the game now? Do you miss competing, getting yeah, up on stage? Was,
1: so we were just in in, a, in Santa Barbara driving to L.A., you know, riding down the road. And, you know, my, my buddy uh, um, is with me and he's playing Khaled, uh, that song, Nothing, Nothing Feels Better Than This. I don't know if you've heard that song, but uh, I know you have. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I'm saying, wow, I would love to pose to that song. So I do miss performing. I do miss looking like that, but I'm having so much fun uh, building my businesses that I don't miss being a bodybuilder like full time. You know, I still admire it. I'm still a fan. Um, Eventually, I'll probably do a transformation. I might even pick up guest posing, you know, later on. But um, I I prayed for a new passion when I left the sport because I didn't want to be one of those disgruntled, you know, injured, mad people that used to be something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I literally prayed in, in uh, for, another, you know, something else that I could be passionate about in the same way. And, you know, it was granted to me. So now I'm just having the same kind of fun, except for now, instead of me doing everything for me and doing everything for, you know, getting ready for shows, I kind of flipped it around and I'm kind of doing for others and uh, reaping the benefits of the law of receiving. So I'm kind of like lucky in that aspect that uh, I take that same energy, that same passion and put it into things that will help many. And, uh, and it's blessing me more than I ever could have, that I ever did. I mean, I'm surpassing all my, you know, goals, uh, you know, my life goals that I never probably, I never achieved, you know, as a top five bodybuilder.
0: Yeah. That, that's what struck me. I think when, when we did that little speaking tour is, you know, you're obviously super passionate about business and I, I mean, I was, Pretty surprised. You, you had almost uh, inexhaustible energy to just to talk to people and to, to give back to them and to give them advice and stuff like that. So is that what you're mainly doing now is, is through your businesses trying to give back to people?
1: Yeah, so I have two businesses. One, uh, you know, Peter Andros, he created this product and the brand is called Nordy, And uh, so he created it. It's an Australian product. So he created yeah. it over there and I was over there when he first came up with the concept. And I asked him, was he going to bring it to the States? And uh, he told me he didn't have any interest. He said, but if you want to, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give it to you. And so we made a little deal back then. And so I've been, I spent the last, oh man, it's been almost three years now putting that all together. So that's all come together. Now we were just on Kathy Ireland yesterday. I think it's going to, I think it's going to take off soon. And then I have another business. Uh, It's actually a a network marketing business uh, where I'm doing uh, smart coffee and i kind of got oh, i invested yeah. i invested in the company it's, it's nootropic mm-hmm. Company. i invested in the company with no intent of doing the business or anything like that you know i got some shares for 25 cents i figure i hold them for 10 years and they might be worth something you know it was one of those like so they sent me a, a a bunch of coffee or some of the products in my um shareholders pack and i tried it and i was blown away about how it made me feel and so i started you know looking into it i invented I the formulator met the owner of the company and um, created, a, you know, a really, really significant, uh, you know, home-based, at-home at home income that's basically allowed me to do whatever I want, invest in, you know, my chocolate company and do whatever I want. So it's just really cool to – and like I say, I spend most of my day uh, answering questions for my people and helping them, you know, achieve whatever it is they're looking for uh, from taking our products.
0: So you, you, uh, naughty Nutrition, that's a low-carb, Protein yeah, chocolate, sugar, right?
1: It's a sugar-free, dairy-free chocolate bar. Um, he, we added gut health, probiotics, prebiotics, digestive enzymes, uh, has glutamine for you know gut repair. And uh, it's yeah. just, and it has hemp protein, uh, you know, nine grams of hemp protein in that whole environment, in that food environment. You know, chocolate and coffee are the two best delivery systems. So, you know, I'm I'm right, I'm in both industries and uh, and yeah. both products are functional. That's the wave of the future where, you know, you eat this candy bar and you're getting your daily dose of pro and prebiotic and digestive enzymes. So it's going to help your gut health. going to, you know, it's a soil based uh, organism that we're using. And uh, that spores spores into 200 different uh, microbes. And so that helps you just have better gut health. And uh, he created it for celiac and Crohn's patients. And so it's also good for diabetes because there's no sugar in it. And, um, and it tastes amazing. So that's the really cool thing because I think people are going to eat it no matter – even if it didn't have the, the qualities that it has, but it, it's actually good for you.
0: And that's the key, right? I mean, I think for a long time we'd sort of make compromises for our health. And uh, I, I think now with a lot of the products coming out like like yours, we, we don't need to make compromises on the taste anymore for health.
1: Exactly, exactly. You know, I, I've, I've been cooking since I was seven years old, so I never compromise – Deliciousness. My 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 prep. Um, my my the, the guys, the people that used to assist me over the years, they used to be blown away. It's like, man, those guys would be pissed off at you. If they know how good you were eating. I'm like, it ain't my fault they don't know how to cook. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I basically spent my whole life uh, passionate about food, and, and you know, it's it's awesome to be able to work in in this industry. And um, like I say give people the knowledge that i've acquired over the last 30 years and it's free i give it away for free so
0: yeah and then, um, i think you mentioned that on the speaking tour as well that you used to eat pretty well as a bodybuilder right you eat yeah, good right. good food good quality good food it tastes food. great yeah 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 no,
1: i didn't compromise on taste at all not not even and, and you don't need to right you don't you don't yeah but you have to realize you know like we got just like everything in life, you get brainwashed or programmed into thinking, you know, I gotta eat clean, okay? And what is clean? No salt, no seasoning, no nothing. So you're eating white white rice, white chicken, white potato, you know, for getting ready for a show, right? Which has it's ton of clean nutrition, but I'm you know, ton of clean fuel, but there's very little micronutrition in there. So you do yeah. this, you do these shows, and you end up malnutrition, even though you're eating seven times a day. And then as soon as the diet's over, you start eating regular food and you blow up, blow up like a tick. Well, you, yeah. you blow up like a tick because your body's trying to capture all those nutrients that has been missing for the last 14, 16 weeks of you dieting. So yeah. I learned towards the end of my career how to balance my program to where I can actually eat healthy, nutritious food and still achieve you know, the condition that I was after
0: most of the time. Anyway. Yeah. That- that's one thing that I was always really surprised by. Obviously, I, I was never a bodybuilder. I was, as you know, a, a weightlifter. Um, but I, I worked as a nutritionist for a number of uh, people who competed in the natural Olympia, a couple of natural Olympia champions and things like that. And I was really blown away at how how much better my clients felt in the lead up and subsequent to the comp compared to a lot of the other competitors because they they were still eating vegetables and, you know, they weren't necessarily restricting sodium three weeks out because that's completely ridiculous you know all these little things um and and they would end up in a much better long-term health state and that's one thing i actually wanted to ask you about is because when we spent that time on the road you've obviously got loads of energy you you seem to me to be really healthy and to be honest some of the 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 former pros that i've met they they don't seem that healthy now you know do you think some of that comes down to your approach in those days
1: Yes. You realize I turned pro at 36 years old. So that's already retirement age for almost every other athlete in the world. So wow. I knew that I had to try to figure out a way to have longevity. And so that was kind of my mission. You know, when I first turned pro, I, I didn't know how far I could go. You know, I was only 250. So at six, two, I wasn't I wasn't threatening no titles. That's for sure. So but uh, Anthony Aponte, Tony Aponte uh, was my trainer. Uh, Dave Palumbo was my trainer. Um, I I trained with so many people. I don't even want to start naming and leaving out, but the point is we all had the same philosophy as far as nutrition. We, you know, as far as nutrition was important, health was important. So I never did go too crazy extreme in any way, shape or form because, you know, I I want to be like I am now as a retired bodybuilder, healthy, still got all my functions. You know, I don't have any injuries. The stuff that I got is just nagging, you know, stuff. So um, overall, I'm still in really good health, and I, I was just talking to Peter just a few minutes ago, I'm actually getting ready to go on like another because when I finished, when I, I think my last show was uh, March of 16, so from March of 16 to probably June of 18, I'm sorry, 17, I basically purged myself. Um, I, w- I just started um, doing intermittent fasting, um, clean, doing cleanses and just try to, and I I purge so many parasites and toxins and just, um, man, I call them evil spirits or whatever. But you got what I'm when you're eating, <laughs> when you're eating and consuming and you're worshiping the image in the mirror and all that type of stuff, uh, it it becomes you. It kind of kind of takes over your whole spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not mm-hmm. that little kid you were. You know. You know what I'm saying? Like although I felt like that on the inside. I realized that like the torture we put ourselves through in the gym, the force feeding, the chemistry, all, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. not normal and th- that be you're that you're you and you're whatever that does to you as well. And so when I started purging all that stuff, I I met me again. I met like the Tony Freeman that was that was 19 and started bodybuilding, you know what I'm saying? Like I met yeah. that dude again and like freaked me out when I first realized. It's like I almost snapped out of it. And I tell people I got my head on straight. Now, before I was literally, you know, chasing that sand literally, literally trying to be the best bodybuilder in the world. And nothing was going to keep me from doing that. And a lot of people that's listening know what the hell I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's one of those things you have to be like that in in order to achieve that. You have to be
0: so. So. There's a, a few things I want to ask, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll go back to one of them. D- was it Dave Palumbo who originally got you into keto?
1: Well, you got to realize we were doing keto back in like '93, but we didn't call it keto. We just called it suffering. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we, yeah. we we've been doing that now. We now it's so medical. So medical. Mm. You know how you know it's based right now. The keto that most people are doing is based on the medical ke- ketosis. But we yep. were doing that shit back in you know '92 '93. Um, yeah. but Dave is the one that showed me how to get get all the way shredded and still maintain your muscle mass. So that's where I really honed in on, you know, because before I was competing at you know 250, you know, 260, and then working with Dave, I jumped up into the 70s and 80s, and then after Dave, I was able to go up to the 90s even, and uh, still maintain my really small waist. And you know, like I, I competed so much that i wasn't you're not going to come in pristine condition in nine shows straight you know what i'm saying so really yeah. the goal for me like when i was in 08 for perfect examples where i was able to bring it actually to the stage that was my ninth show of the year you know what i'm saying I, my first show of the year i got eighth place and then i then i won like you know th- three or four shows in the middle and then i placed fourth three weeks out everybody's like oh he he blew his wide. He won't be able. To, but my whole goal was the Olympia, so yeah. you know I went through some b- BS getting to to um, New Jersey for that last show that I got fourth in. But I, I buckled down and uh, you know I knew I was going to bring it to the Olympia, and then and then I got chose number two, you know be first to you know the first athlete to walk out. So when you do that, you have a better chance of timing you know your peak because you're the first person. And yeah, usually yeah. usually we all start pumping up at the same time. But if I'm if you're number one, you're 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 gonna take your pump onto the stage. If I'm number seven, I'm not gonna be able to hold that pump. You know, you see what I'm saying? So it's yeah, easier point. to time it. And I was able to to nail it. Uh I, I hit it hard on Friday night, but I was able to nail it on Saturday night. And that was like the first time I ever peaked on stage. So
0: Yeah. So how does your you, I mean, you, you mentioned intermittent fasting and things like that. How how does your nutrition now differ from what you're doing back then? I do one meal a day, sometimes two. Uh, okay. I
1: start, I start the morning with my smart coffee. I put so I make it bulletproof style. I put um we have a we have a creamer called Keto Cray. I put some of that in there. I put some powdered peanut butter. I put some uh, bone broth that my buddy makes. Bone broth IQ, really amazing product. And then one more thing. I put a little cacao butter and a little cacao in there. And um, nice. so, you know, I got a, probably about 30 grams of fat in that morning cup of coffee. And then I eat my first meal probably between 4 and 8 p.m. And then, you know, I might have some watermelon before I go to bed since watermelon's in season. But other than that, i have a naughty bar before I go to bed. And that's it. That's like, and- you know, and I just try to eat all whole foods. I don't do shakes. If I train, yep. I might make me a, a, you know, like amino acid and carb powder just for, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right after I train and then I go eat that one meal. Yeah. You know. And no, I still uh, eat pizza every blue moon, but I don't really like it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> like today, like I'm traveling. So when you travel, you eat what's, you know, whatever the best restaurant or whatever. Um, but when, I, when I'm home, I eat a lot of raw green leafy veggies. I eat fruit. Yeah. Um. I eat. You know. I order all my meat still. Bison, uh, grass-fed beef, chicken, uh, wild salmon. I order all that. So I get. I don't do grocery store stuff that much, and um. So I try to eat just good whole. You know, whole foods, and um. And, and then if I want a splurge, if I want some cookies or whatever, I just have it and keep it moving.
0: Yeah, yeah. it sounds sort of similar to to how I eat. Yeah. Um. I remember one of the things that. One of the things that sticks in my mind after that speaking tour was um, our, our search for food every every night. That seemed to be our biggest challenge was trying exactly. to find food. But well, interestingly, I, I think because, you know, you're obviously so fat adapted and keto adapted and things like that. There are a couple of things that I think were really clear we were looking for food because we were hungry. We hadn't eaten all day, but it wasn't the same as other people who, who don't have that level of fat adaptation. Right. And secondly, you're holding a lot of muscle for someone who eats one meal a day and, and probably doesn't eat a, a massive amount of calories.
1: I, I believe because I'm not breaking down muscle and, and my, my recovery requirement has been brought down. So I'm kind of like in holding pattern. Because I yeah. do train once, or you know, I train maybe five days a month, maybe, right? So I oh, go do wow. a circuit probably once every six or seven days. I walk outside two miles, you know, most days when I'm home. So, say, five days a week, you know, high-intensity walking through trails and whatnot. And that's what I do for exercise. So I know I'm not breaking down muscle. And so I think I, I eat a big meal. So how – you I? I just started listening to uh, was Cole Robinson, the snake juice dude. You know who that is?
0: No, I did no idea.
1: It, it, it's talking about fasting, right? So, okay. you know, yep. because I'm intermittent fasting, right? I'm like, okay, well, fast, you know, 24 hour fast is really just if you skip a meal and you only eat one meal, <laughs> boom, you're fasted. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like a stretch yep. for me. So I started messing around with that because I do want to create some autophagy. Uh, you know, just because you're getting older, I wanna I wanna get rid of some old clutter in my body. You know what I'm saying? So I'll do mm-hmm. a 24 hour fast, then I'll do a, a you know a big refeed one day, and then I'll fast 24 hours a day again. You know, I'll do that for about a week maybe, and then I'll just go back to regular in a minute. I do I do play around with stuff like that. It just it just clears the clutter, you know, kind of gives yeah. you a clean slate. Helps with your microbiome. Um, so I, I do it, and I'm not, I'm not you know. I'm already past that point where oh, I'm about to lose all my muscle and all that, you know, so all my muscle <laughs> is still there. It's just, in, it's just deflated because I haven't been lifting. When I go to the gym, I pump up pretty nice. And then of course it goes, but I don't like, you know, carb load and, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm eating maybe yeah. hundred grams of protein a day instead of 350 grams,
0: you know? So interesting. Yeah. So, you when we were um, obviously on that tour, you're also taking some ketones as well. Are you still using ketones as part of your regimen or, or not so much?
1: You know, I put so much time researching ketones and testing my blood and testing my ketone levels and glucose levels and all that type of stuff. So if I was high intensity training uh, and I wanted to do it faster than in the morning, you know, at 6 a.m., then I would probably yeah. use some exogenous. That would be a good option or branch chains or something like that. But, um, yeah. I, I'm sure that a lot of people get a lot of benefits from it. Um, but you know, it's easy. I am I know I'm burnt. I know I'm creating ketones all day until I eat that one meal. So yeah. I, I really don't, I don't, you know, I kind of like walked away from that whole company and, you know, more power to them. So I, I kind of, I don't see any need for them. Like I said, if I was training intensely, I probably would, I probably would use mm. them. Um, but yeah, because I know I'm not, I'm not concerned about breaking down muscle. Uh, again, I I don't I, the clarity and focus and all that, I got plenty of that. So um
0: I, I just I just don't. Understood. Yeah. I, I think that that actually speaks to a really important thing, I think, and that I, I think people can become almost obsessed about any particular supplement and think it's going to be the the magic wand, right? Yeah. Um you and I, I, I know I that them, any
1: I call sorry I call them ketova witnesses. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> okay i'm gonna remember that one that's a good one because Go i think with it with any supplement right we, we understand that it's a tool and okay. I, I like exogenous ketones predominantly because i think i took so many headshots when i was playing rugby and, and boxing okay. that i noticed that if i start getting brain brain fade and i have some ketones i feel you know uh, 100% better. And obviously I use them clinically for neurodegenerative disorders and traumatic brain injuries and things like that. Um, but really we're still in that space of looking at them as a tool yep. that can be very beneficial, but Hey, at those times you don't need the tool. Why would you use it? Would you keep swinging a hammer if you don't have a nail to bang in?
1: I, I was just about to say that, you know, no matter how good you swing a hammer, unless there's a nail to be driven, you don't really need it. You know, you know what I'm saying? And what, Because I always focus on the health as much as I do all the other aspects, you know, there's a lot of science now out about it. So it's it's unconclusive. What what is conclusive is definitely definite. And then everything else is inconclusive. You know what I'm saying? You do get the boost from the brain fog. It is an alternative fuel source. You know what I'm saying? Like all the things that are facts are facts. And then all the yeah. other stuff is, you know, I like this brand or I'm making money selling them or whatever. And, you know, that's, that's like everything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, like our products, our Naughty products, Peter decided that, listen, I know I can make something that's delicious and healthy with no compromise. I'm not going to mm. make it cheaper so people can afford it. He's, You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make it good. And the more we sell the the, the the more affordable it'll become. But he didn't compromise anything. That's possible. And all these companies, if they just stay focused on that, then people, people, you know, patronize them and buy their products. So if it's, you start using all this marketing and deception, then, you know, you, you're going to fall by the wayside.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, I've always uh, had that idea that we're, we're not here to convince anyone of anything because right. often, we, you know, when you convince someone, you you become a confidence man, really. Right. Right. Um, I figure present the evidence and uh, that's why I'm I'm actually pretty shit at selling product. I'm, I'm pretty good at writing like yeah. scientific articles. <laughs> that's I'm
1: it. definitely not a salesman. I'm, I get passionate about stuff and, and trust me, I do my due diligence. You know, I, yeah. man, I have so many half empty bottles and, you know, you know what I'm saying? of stuff that I did, I gave it a shot because of the marketing and, you know, my, my, I'm so sensitive to everything that I put in my body that, you know, I know yes. you just know. And, um, and I just, you know, okay, you got me that first time I'm not buying it again. And that's pretty much, um, when, when you see me promoting something, I've done my due diligence. I'm not necessarily making money from, mm. from talking about it. It's just that it has proved, it has uh, proved to be worthy. Um, uh, and, and I, and I basically, I give credit where credit is due. I'm just lucky that I have friends that, you know, like Peter who was a genius in you know, in creating, you know, healthy products. And um, mm. and I have a lot of connections from the sport that I can kind of bring the two together. And so we make a great partnership. And that's what it is. It's a friendship that turned into a partnership. And um, so that's
0: what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way. I remember someone told me um, years ago that you don't have friends in business. And I went to one of my mentors, Dr. Ian Brooks, and he said, that's the, the biggest bunch of horse shit I've ever heard right. <laughs> in my life. If you don't have friends in business, you got no life, man. Right. <laughs>
1: That's the opposite of, of what's true.
0: Exactly, exactly. No, yeah, I mean, I I, past,
1: um... I just needed to park, so I wouldn't be driving. I'll be out of here in five minutes. Right. Go ahead. Sorry, about that. The security. That's all good. We're we're parked <laughs> at, like near the beach somewhere in, Cal- in on the, you know, off the highway.
0: Where where are you at the moment? Are you in? I, I'm California? driving
1: back to LA from uh, from Santa Barbara. We uh yeah. we shot the Kathy Ireland uh modern modern living T V yesterday. Oh, cool. Yeah. And we had some more shoots today. Um, you know, some stuff on the beach. And so we're gonna go to LA today, I uh, got a couple of meetings and then I go home tomorrow.
0: And this is mainly for Naughty, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's for Naughty, yep. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I, I really dig um, you know what you said before about you know how, how you guys started to create their product as I, I don't know if you remember, but I have Crohn's disease, so I, yeah. I feel like I'm A pretty good um, sort of litmus test for some things like that. So I'll have to get hold of a a bit and try it out because it sounds super exciting.
1: We'll get some sent to you, and then maybe we'll come back on later after you've tried it and talk about it.
0: Yeah, man, that sounds good. So I know you probably have to go soon, but no,
1: I really don't. I just was telling the security guard that you know I'm good,
0: (laughs) and no one's going to kick out Tony Freeman, right? (laughs) right. (laughs) So if you look back, I mean, you've had a, a. pretty amazing career in bodybuilding you've now moved into business and you're doing some amazing stuff there are are there any stumbling blocks that you've come across that have turned out to be blessings in disguise
1: oh my god so many wow yeah (laughs) bro um what's a big one i could spend so many hours talking about the lows you know what i'm saying like you know you know, it's social media. You really only see the highs, you know, or, you know, announcing somebody's funeral or something like that. But you're really people yeah. trying to show you their best side. You know, uh, I, I tell my story, you know, when I'm around my people in my business. But I, I went through a lot of crap. You know, think about, think about, um, so I, I wanted to retire at 50 years old. So I'm 49 and a half getting ready for my last season. I kind of was going to do like Kobe. And so I had eight shows planned for the year, which is hard. That was hard. So anyway, I go try to getting ready for the first show and, you know, get an injury, you know, a soft tissue injury, something that is only going to heal if you stop moving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. I did the first show, got fourth, did the second show, got last place. And then I was supposed to go to Australia right after that, you know, a 30 hour flight on a bad leg. So I just decided to go, to not go so I can go to the doctor and see what was up. And I'm glad I did. He told me, you know, he said. He said, Tony, you're not there's nothing really wrong. He said that this soft tissue injury is going to require you to rest, you know, for, you know, six, eight, 12 weeks, however long it takes. And all your nutrition needs to go for your healing because you're deficient in, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that's that's required in your healing. So I listened to him. uh, I found out that I had a couple of parasites um, you know, so I went through this whole thing of, I had, I have to heal myself. I have to cleanse myself. I had to, you know, make, get, get better, you know, bodybuilding, you know, either can wait or it's over. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it took me a, a, a about, you know, 18 months before I could actually say that I'm actually retired. Cause I didn't really have, uh, a plan B, you know what I'm saying? Like I knew I was going to go into business after I finished, but I wasn't really finished, finished yet. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah. so So because I had to go out the way I went, I had to go through that whole mental thing, that dejection from the injury, but also facing the end of my career and also, you know, not really having an income. So I had to dip into, you know, the money that I stashed for, you know, 20 years from now, not then. (laughs) Um, So that just brought me to reality of, okay, I got to I got to make it happen. You know, I'm not going to go out and fill out applications and get a job somewhere. I got to create something. I'm a creator. And uh, so I remember I was in my garage, you know, down to my last, you know, 50, 60 bucks besides whatever my wife was bringing in or whatever I had saved. I was going to have to dip into my cookie jar. You know what I'm saying? And um, I said, you know what? This is all attitude. This is my attitude about what happened to me or what didn't happen to me or whatever. And I decided I remember standing in my garage. I was like, you know, I'm going to be happy no matter what my circumstances are. And I'm gonna turn this thing around blah, blah 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 whatever I said, two days later I was invited to go to to Naples to, to to listen to this thing about this investment deal which ended up being Elevosity. and I went down there and I didn't really have any money to invest. my wife invested some money and we invested in the company and then I started uh, you know representing the company a little bit for you know using the products and talking about it and stuff like that so my only source of income was my training, you know, my online training. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start giving all my training for free. So basically I took away my only source of income. I said, I'm going to I listened to this sermon from uh uh Creflo Dollar, the law of receiving, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I had already went through some miracle stuff um, uh, you know, with this whole chocolate situation. I can tell that story too. But anyway, I listened to Creflo Dollar. He was talking about the law of receiving. He was talking about planting seeds and reaping, reaping, reaping the harvest and all that, right? So I started taking that stuff literally, and started doing it. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna give first, so because you got to give to receive." All I had to give was myself, and you know that um, that um, that knowledge. So I just started doing that, yeah. And one after one after one, people started joining my business, and it and it just blew up. So now we're we're doing wow. three million dollars a month in volume. So in sales Whoa. in sales from our smart coffee. So
0: that's that's really brave, man. I, I've thought a lot about that. And something we grapple with a lot in, in my businesses is, you know, we want to educate people, uh, but we need to put food on the table as well. And and what what we can give to people for free or what we can charge for it. I think in this modern economy it's a, a really difficult thing. And that's a it really is. brave move. <laughs> That you made to just yep. basically give that away.
1: Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, uh I was the it's the law of receiving. In other words, when you if yeah. you ever if you go to YouTube and listen to the law of receiving by creflo Dollar, if you listen to it, so I literally I listened to that sermon probably about twenty times. And it wasn't even a religious thing. We we could go. We could go. Yeah. Essay, just you, no, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. good. So, so it wasn't even a a religious thing. It was, it was me basically being selfish for 29 years, trying to achieve what I was trying to achieve. And basically it says, if you want to get what you want, you got to help as many people as you can help get what they want. And if you do that, you will have what you want. And I took that to heart and I literally started and it's, you know, I started reaping benefits. I started happening. So I'm not going yeah. to. I mean, I, all the other stuff that I tried got me to where I was. So I had I kind of got down to my last. You know, I tell people all the time, I know it's at the bottom of the barrel. You know, it's. you know what I'm saying? I've been there so many times and that time. I None of the other times that I decide to help other people or to or to make it about someone else. And the moment that I did that um, and, you know, I have the I have the the vehicle to do it. You know, I have something that I share that actually has a compensation plan attached to it, but, but I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't sell people. In other words, it wasn't like I was out somewhere selling, you know what I'm saying? I was like just sharing what this product did for me and, and what it did for, you know, my clients and all that. And that was it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. So then I started doing it in every other aspect of my life. And that's how I found my, my um, business partner, who basically, and I'll tell this story, so I, I'm not into numerology or nothing like that, but I kept seeing 11-11, and I know probably people see it all the time. My son is born on 11-11. My dog was born on 11-11. I got my cat on 11 So whenever I see 11-11, that's, you know, that's, that's what it reminds me of. But this particular time, yeah. I was in Australia, I left. I left Atlanta. November 1st, right, which is 11-1, and I was supposed to come back uh, November 16th, right? So I'm over there, and I'm seeing eleven eleven on the clock and all that, and I realized that I'm out of the country, and I'm going to miss my son's birthday, right? And I went over there to meet with my business partner. I was supposed to come back home with samples, didn't get the samples, cut my trip short, went back home, right, and uh, so I could be home for my son's birthday. So anyway... I was frustrated because I didn't get samples, and it was holding up the business that we were trying to do. We had invested all this money, so I'm just trying to fix it. You know what I'm saying? So in 2006, I watched The Secret, right? And The Secret says, Mm -hmm. "Ask for the craziest things you could, you know, ask for the craziest thing you can think of." So when you get it, you know where it came from, right? So I called my partner Peter. I said, "Peter, I need a invoice for a full container of chocolate." Right, right. So he sent me the invoice. It was four hundred and twenty thousand dollars. So I said, wow. okay, well, I need some operating capital. So that's five hundred thousand. I need five hundred thousand right? dollars, right? So, so I said, I'm gonna ask the universe to to, work, to get, bring me that money, right? I'm like, cause I'm, I'm. You gotta say I'm at the bottom of the barrel. I really have nothing to lose, right? And I had already yeah. started making progress with my company from using law receiving. So I said, I said, universe, I need a million dollars, and not only. Not only whoever gives me this money, not only do I need them to give me the money, but I need them to have the the business sense or the wherewithal or the skill set to help me build this company the way it needs to be built. Because I'm I don't know how to build companies. I'm like the bait. I like attract and put things together. But, you know, I I don't know how to build a billion dollar company. Right.
0: Yeah. I "I need a million
1: dollars. Two days later, I get on the plane to go to California because I'm like, I I need to I got to do my part. In other words, I asked for this. I believe. So let me do my part. So I said, let me pay. I'm going to pay off all my credit cards, all my bills and all my debts or whatever. And I'm going to go get a business plan. So a friend of mine writes business plan. So I called her. I said, will you help me write a business plan? She said, sure. Got on the plane, flew out there, told her my idea uh, about what I was trying to do. And uh, she said, wow, this is really cool. I got a friend who he's a rich guy. And he, he you know, I, you might want to talk to him. I said, get him on the phone. So I'm on. The, he, she gets him on the phone. And we started talking. He asked me what I needed, right? I said, well, I got an invoice here for 420000 So I need you to help me with these invoices, right? He said, I tell you what, I'm going to give you 500000 And then I'm going to put another $500,000, you know, in account for you. So if you need it, it'll be there. A million dollars. Within 48 wow. hours of me speaking it. So if when some stuff like that happens to you, you kind of like, I just go with it. And so I've been going with it ever since then, and it hasn't stopped yet.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because obviously, I mean, you you opened up to to the possibility, right? And it came in. And um, I mean, is this fair to say, and tell me if I'm overstepping the mark, but it seemed like when we did that speaking tour a couple of years ago that you were pushing hard for things to occur, but you weren't necessarily... Are open to them occurring and once you opened up to it it all started happening
1: i could say that that's very very accurate and also you gotta when you're doing something what is your intent what is your purpose yeah. you know what i'm saying so that's what's in your heart so whatever's yeah. in your heart is what's gonna come out so if you're trying to be deceitful but you're playing the jesus role and being nice and you're really trying to deceive people then that's gonna come out but yeah. my intent. Truly, was number one to test the law of receiving. I wanted to test it because it says, "Prove me, prove it." I'm like, Uh-oh. I'm like, okay, cool, obviously. And I, like I say, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not talking religious or nothing like that. It, it was something that I was going through at the time, and now I know. Yeah. It was, you know, when you start fasting and you start purging toxins and parasites, I mean, you know, like I say, you're gonna meet the, you're gonna meet your untoxic self, whoever you were before you polluted yourself with whatever you're doing right now. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. so I know that's what it was. And that's what allowed me to just say, okay, I'm just trying. What do I have to lose? I don't have any money. And if, you know what I'm saying? I figured, Listen, yeah. My mentality was if I pay off all my debts and um, and I get a business plan, I mean, this is amazing product. So I should be able to get the money from anybody. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really believed that it was possible. Now, yeah. the, the fact of the matter is, the guy who gave me the money actually was going through the same kind of thing. Spirits, you know, he's going through like a whole cleansing thing. And his address was 1111. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a weird <laughs> type of, you know what I'm saying? It was just a weird type yeah. of situation. But again, the, when you see the numbers or see the, whatever, it's just to make you pay attention. So it doesn't mean anything. The number itself doesn't mean anything. It's to make you pay attention with what's going on in your life. If you look up what 1111 means, it says, keep your words and thoughts positive because what you say and think is becoming your reality. And I'm like, okay, that Mm -hmm. sounds like a fortune cookie. You know what I'm saying? But if you speak, I need a million dollars and, you know, and you be specific. And then two days later, you talk to the dude who gives you a million bucks. I mean, how can, who am I to question where that came from? So, yeah,
0: well, I mean, it, it, I think when we frame things in that way, even if we get, you know, even if we drill it down to just the the physiological, and I don't think we should, because I think there is more going on in terms of the metaphysical and the spiritual. But even if we drill down to the phys- physical, by saying things like that, we we open up the neural pathways that allow us to recognize the stuff around us that makes it reality, right?
1: Yeah. So I asked, I asked Greg. I said, Greg, why did you, why did you give me that money? Why did you? Why would you even? I'm a, I'm a 50, 50 year old black man. You've never seen me in your life over the phone. You agreed to do this. He said, Tony, money is just energy. It's merely energy. He said, your energy matches my money. He said, you, what you asked for me to do was nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? So I felt the vibration. I felt that energy that you had. And I'm like, wow, I want to be passionate like that dude. And so it was nothing for him to make a phone call and liquidate that money. you know, he didn't like put it in my hands. He put it in my business account. And then we, be, we I made him my partner. So it wasn't like I was going to run off and go to the strip club with the money. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was very specific, but it was what I, I my intent was to get money for the business. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and yeah. I kept true to that. And that's what happened.
0: And so what, you mentioned before, you know, our intention going to these things is so important, you know, that the reason, that the why. So yeah. what's your big why right now?
1: Um, it's my kids. It's my, you know I have I have men now. I have a 30 year old, a 29 year old, and a 15 year old. You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh wow. Like they yeah. want,
1: you know, their whole life. So Nico and Montre is born in '88. Nico's born in '89. I started bodybuilding in '88 and started competing in '89. You know what I'm saying? So that's all they know is the X Man as their is their dad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can't be the X Man anymore. I don't even want to be the X Man anymore. So I get to show them what's cool and interesting but also now i get to show them how to you know create something from zero from an idea from a thought from a from an affirmation and turn it into something real and so now yeah. my why is to is to succeed and then leave it all to them
0: so to in other words you 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 were showing them how to be the x-man now you're showing them how to be the y-man wow wow
1: <laughs> i owe you for that but that's really true I mean that's really you know, it's so amazing. You know, Nico's getting ready to have his first kid. You know, Montre just had one. You know what I'm saying? he had, I got a granddaughter about to have a grandson. And then I got a 15-year-old wow. who's, you know, hadn't lost his virginity yet. I hope I didn't embarrass him. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's coming. <laughs> it's like all this stuff is happening. And I get to help mold these guys, these men's life, in a positive way. Because, you know, I don't. I don't even know my biological father. The man who raised me is the only father I know. And he taught me... You know, basically all the stuff that I know right now. And so when when all these things came to me, I had an open mind and an open heart for it because I was groomed mm. like that as a kid. And I seen the miracles that happened to him. And uh so it, it really wasn't that difficult. Once I once I stopped worshiping the image in the mirror, you know, and and you yeah. know you know me and you've seen my photos. People, you know, I think people look at bodybuilder, oh you're muscle head, you go to the gym, you know, you get on stage, you're in your underwear, or whatever. Some a lot of people are like that. A lot of people. I was on a whole nother situation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was in a whole yeah. nother place, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, all of that. So I was absorbed, consumed, obsessed, possessed, all of that.
0: Well, you, you think about things in a different way, right? I mean, yeah. uh, that you, you have some interesting ideas and I think that just springs from an inquiring mind and, you know, an interest in the, that which is more you know the metaphysical the spiritual all those types yep. of things and i mean that that makes for a fascinating individual
1: well i try to be you know what i'm saying like i i'm a performer naturally I, I i like all that but i most of the almost everything i do i do it for from within or i do it from the people for the people that i love you know what i'm saying it's like it's always yeah. more to it than the actual gesture you know i'm one of those type of dudes i could be somewhere by myself with nobody else around and be perfectly fine and then I'm that dude that loves to cook for his family and watch the reaction when they eat the food. You know, I'm that, you know what I'm saying? I'm that dude that would probably cry in a movie if, if you know what you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. being being the x man was a whole nother persona of myself. And mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed it, but like that little boy in me was always there too. That's kind of why I didn't go super duper extreme. You know, being six two, I know I could have I could have competed at you know 225, 230. But I knew that was, you know, I knew that would shorten my life even more than I probably have already. But I, I was, I had my set boundaries with myself physically like that, because I watched so many other people, you know, you, you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I don't yeah, have to. I'm yeah. not gonna be like, uh, like the like the what was it the the pigs or in in Sparta when they all just kept running over the cliff. I'm not one of them dudes. I'll stop yeah. and pull off to the side and be like, oh, y'all go ahead. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I stayed like that my whole I've been like that my whole life. And um I like I said I love the sport. I man, dude, being, you know, three fifteen with a thirty two inch waist and thirty two inch quads and you know, four that's that's whew, There's no greater drug than that right there, brother. So Yeah. That was that was a whole nother that was a whole nother
0: realm of thinking. I mean and i guess it speaks to you know the, the character that you were able to to step away from that and realize that there, there are other things that can be pursued and to develop you know these new passions and business and giving back because i know a lot of people can't right it's very hard to give that away
1: yeah i mean, I mean you guys saying like i said i came through came up with all the top guys all the legends and i watched them you know crash and burn so you know what i'm saying yeah. and that's what yeah you know that's what wisdom is you're supposed to learn from your mistakes and pass it on to the person behind you. So I'm just trying to be wise, you know, and like I said, I did it all too, but you know, I kept it in the back of my mind that, you know, when I'm done doing this, I wanna be okay. I wanna still have my my brains and my body and and be able to be a a successful human besides, you know, physically, so.
0: Yeah. Well, you're an inspirational man, Tony. I I appreciate your time today and you've given us all a lot to think about, man. Um, I, I, really love that you, were, uh, you know, opening up to us about your why and all those things that I think are, are more important when it comes down to it than, you know, the stuff we often think about in terms of how we look and what we eat and all that kind of, you know, because there, there is more to life, obviously. Yeah. So where, yeah. where, where can people find out most about what you're doing right now, uh, on your website and Naughty Nutrition?
1: Yeah. If you go to Naughty Nutrition, it'll give you all the information about the products. If you go to yep. Naughty Nutrition USA, you can actually purchase the product. And then if you want to look into my smart coffee, I just recommend you just, um, you know, go to my Facebook or messenger and send me a message and I'll send you a link and some videos to check it
0: out. Um, you know, so. Perfect. In, in the show notes, we'll post up uh, the links to all your social accounts and okay, cool. uh, the website, Nordy Nutrition, all that kind of stuff. So everyone watching in and watching in later uh, on the, 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 the the YouTube video and listening in on the podcast, go to the podcast page, check out the links um, and connect with Tony X man Freeman, bro. It has been an absolute pleasure. And I thank you for your time. I know you're a very busy man,
1: man. You, you, you know, me and you hit it off day one. So anytime you need me, I'm here. Uh, People who know me, they know I love doing this anyway. So um, that's a, like that's like a part of my give back mission. Uh, You know, sometimes I think I get a little deep, but you know, when you're doing what we do and you're trying to achieve greatness, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, there's, there's a, the other side to that. And since I'm already done all that, then I'm over here, you know, to, to coach people along or tell them about the obstacles, you know, help these guys kind of heal their body when they're finished. And uh, I kind of I kind of made that my mission too, you know, come up with a protocol to help guys get back their physical uh, and they're financial, if you know, because a lot of guys we don't, you know, we think we feel invincible. We don't plan the right, right way, and um, you know, you end up. Number one, you first you get depressed, then you get depressed and broke. You know what I'm saying? And then you look <laughs> yeah. in the mirror, yeah. and you you don't look like you used to. That's that's the truth. That's the tr- trifecta. The triple three. What you want? That ain't what you want. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly well i'll I'll hold you that uh, hold you to that tony because there are a lot of things that i'd love to drill down and go down the rabbit hole with you um including some of your interesting beliefs and i'm sure we could have some interesting debates and discussions about that of course um so i will get you back on at some point but i thank you for your time today brother
1: you're the man i appreciate you thank you
0: thanks tony all right bye-bye thanks for listening to the carb appropriate podcast To support the podcast and receive member-only benefits along with free articles, go to cliffharvey.com. Subscribe to the podcast on all popular podcast channels and to our YouTube channel at holisticperformance.tv.